All right, welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Tucson Hockey Podcast. It has been a while, and right up front, I'll say that as always, the Tucson Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Danny Platner and Altitude Home Loans. Danny's a good friend of the program, and he's one of the vice presidents at Altitude Home Loans, so please consider him for any of your mortgage or refinance needs. His cell phone number is 520-241-1428. You can also check out his website, dannyplatner.com. We have a link to his website on the Junior Roadrunners page, and Altitude Home Loans is an equal housing lender. All right, it's been a while, but we have to do this tradition. Dan Lusher, coach of the high school Roadrunners, joins me today for our annual Stanley Cup podcast that has been requested by exactly no one. And Coach Dan, you know, kind of like the Masters, this is a tradition unlike any other. Yeah, I mean, we almost always get it right. So hopefully that continues this time. Yeah, if you want to if you want to make some coin, you know, we were pretty spot on the last two years and we'll see. I don't know. I feel like this one might be a little bit tougher. This is a little more toss up than the last two years. I think we might even get our first split this time, but I'm we not might. sure. We might. No, I mean, there's 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 certainly things we're going to talk about that could bend this series one way or another. And some things even right now as we're recording on Monday night, we still don't know. So before we get into the series itself, let's recap the playoffs to this point and some of the superlatives and things that we've seen. I mean, you know, starting in round one, do you recall a one through eight ever being as thick as it was in the East? I can't say that I have. I mean, that was a fun first round, both in the East and the West, but the East especially, um, you had some great matchups. Uh, let's see. We had Florida and... Florida and Washington. Washington, which was closer than I thought it would be. Uh, Florida did not show well, and then they didn't show well again in in the second round. Uh, Let's see. You had Carolina and... Boston. Boston. Uh, Another seven-game series. That's right. Uh, Tampa with Toronto, which might have been the series of the playoffs so far to date. It was really, really good. Um, And then who else you got? You had... uh, there's one. There's one I'm missing. The Rangers and Pittsburgh and also Pittsburgh. went seven. Also an up and down seven. series. Had the multi overtime game Jeez, in game one. That's right. It was the yeah the yeah, comeback yeah. by the Rangers. They were down three one. Louis Domingue, Preston Agoli is the third on the Penguins roster. I mean, I, but I think you're right. That Tampa Toronto series. Like if, you, if if you flew from Mars and you didn't know hockey and you said to someone, "This was our Stanley Cup final here on Earth." You'd believe it. Yeah. I mean, the series was that good. And it it was such a weird series in the fact that there were so many blowouts one way or the other. Uh, There was one or two games that were close, but other than that, it was 5-0 one way, 6-2 the other way, 5-1 the other way. I mean, it just went back and forth, back and forth. It was a great, great series of hockey. In an odd way, I think it made it more compelling because you had haymakers from both teams, but, you know, the champs were the champs, Mm -hmm. and and they're good in bounce-back games. Everybody knows that. But still, Toronto, you would think people would be like, okay, the champs came back. The champs put it on them. Now Toronto's going to fold, but they never did. And then the end of that series was extremely competitive. Yeah, yeah. I I really, really enjoyed it. And you thought it was going to be the year Toronto broke through. Uh, But like you said, the champs are the champs, and they weren't going away. And then, you know, moving into the East in round two, you have, again, Florida. I think more people thought that they were ready. I certainly did. That they, they took Tampa to six last year. It was a good series. 
They feel they were the president's trophy winner for a reason. They made good acquisitions. They got deeper. Yeah. They had Bobrovsky in net who had a good year. It felt like people were like, all right, the champs got to be tired. This is Florida's time. Ekblad was back. Ekblad the, was he, back. Was, he was missing this, the previous series or the year before. He was gone because he was injured right before the playoffs. And so he comes back for this one. I'm like, all right, they've got the defensive depth to do something. They've added Giroux. They've added uh, uh, Reinhardt. Um, I thought they were. I thought they were going. They were on my card to go all the way. I had a. I had a Colorado Florida Panthers final in my in my bracket challenge. So and then they got ran out. And, the then, they, and then they got railroaded. <laughs> um, they couldn't score on the power play. They couldn't get anything going five on five. I mean that power play issue was going on even before the Tampa series. They were zero for eighteen in the Washington series, and you still won a series. I, I don't know. Um, they they skated by against a. Uh, an older Washington team and and struggled to do so. And they got exposed against Tampa, uh, who were faster, stronger, uh, and more detailed and more disciplined. And uh, it showed. I mean, I thought Florida learned some lessons last year. I guess they didn't. Well, they got past the first round. That's true, so, too. So they won something. That's something. Um, but maybe this will be, you know, Colorado's always had trouble getting out of the second round before. Maybe this is Florida's story. It's kind of the same thing. And then Carolina Rangers. I mean, Carolina was the team I had my eye on, but I still think they needed a healthy Freddie Anderson. Yeah, not that Rana was bad, but no, I, it's that's a tough blow going right into a series. Is, is having your starting goaltender, a dude who was in the running for the Vesna, go out right before the playoffs, and eh, man, I, I felt bad for him. The other issue that I see with Carolina, they're they're a fun team to watch. They're high skilled, high paced, but I don't know who the guy is. Uh, on Carolina. I don't know if they've got a superstar just yet. Svechnikov might get there, but I mean, it's getting later for him. I just, who's going to be that guy? And that's kind of what I had said for, uh, for Vegas the year before they didn't have that superstar number one center. And I don't see that for, for Carolina. And I don't, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. They've got a fun team to watch. They're always fun to root for. But no, and no one did their super, their superstar impression either. You can have guys yeah. for a series yeah. come out of nowhere, yeah. but you know, they didn't have a Zabina Jad. They didn't yeah. have a Fox. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they got sent back. And they yeah. just, you know, well, I mean, look, game sevens are kind of a toss up. But at the same time, I thought the Rangers were way better in game seven. Yeah. It matter. I agree. And then you just have the Rangers. They go up two nothing. And it seems like, oh, oh, all right. Now the champs. Now they're out of gas. Points hurt. They lost the first two. Now they're out of gas. And, and before you move on, losing the first two, that's the first time Tampa's lost two games in a row in that they had 18 straight game wins after a loss, a, a major league sports record, not just an NHL record, but a major league sports record. And the Rangers are the only team to have done that to them in going on three years. That's right. They haven't lost the playoff series since May of 2019. Yeah. What a different world it was then. And so it looked a little grim and then you knew they were going to come back as soon as they got into their home building and got their mojo going. Uh, they stormed back, and I don't really think it was all that close. Well, I think in what they really did was they they were like, we cannot run and gun with this team. We have to play 1-2-2. Two, two. We're going to load up the neutral zone. We're going to load up the D zone. We're going to let our elite talent get us to two or three goals and let our elite talent net and our special teams carry the last four and really just focus on shot suppression. And that's what I think you saw. The Rangers mm-hmm. just couldn't solve them. And now going to the West, again, you had compelling series in the first round. You had the Colorado sweep. But even so, those were good games with 
Nashville. Yeah. Games three and four were good. And again, what you get in Nashville too when you watch playoff games is you get a high energy atmosphere that even comes through your television. Yeah. So the Nashville oh, fans, yeah, the Nashville fans are, are, are a blast. And that's another series where you look at the starting goaltender and you go, well, they lost their guy. They lost UC Soros right before the playoffs. And they were going up against the best team in the league or arguably the best team in the league. And you just go, there's, there's no chance. And the, the funny thing is you look at the Calgary, uh, Calgary head coach, Daryl Sutter, who called it before the playoffs, whoever gets Colorado, it's going to be a waste of eight days. The quote that he said, and uh, that was about as close to a, a waste of eight days as you could get. And you feel for or for Nashville, and they put they gave it what they had, but I don't know. And that's a team that's going forward. You don't know what they're going to do. Forsberg's unsigned. Duchesne and and uh, and Johansson had good years finally, but is it enough to keep their star player? I don't know. It'll be interesting watching Nashville moving forward. And you of all people know that's not a coach who likes to heap around praise. No. Yeah, no. Daryl Sutter he doesn't uh, give him out like and, manhole covers, and and it was just as much, you know, reverse psychology trying to take the pressure off of Calgary. But it's what he says he means, and uh, he wasn't wrong. And then you have three series that go the distance. You have a tight checking Calgary Dallas series with the emergence of a kid that we got to see a little bit here in Tucson, Jake Ottinger and Net for the yeah, Stars. Yeah, you had. Well, we'll talk about the Kings last, yeah, I guess. But yeah. then uh, you had. What was our other series in the first round? Uh, we had caught, but it wasn't Vegas, obviously. Uh, let's see. It was, oh. uh, it's, well, let's talk about Edmonton and LA, and I'll remember what the other series was. Go ahead. I mean, talk about how your Kings tried to deal with McDavid and Dreisaitl and how they were a little more successful than what we saw in the next round from Calgary. Uh, they were able to keep McDavid and Dreisaitl from getting the puck in the neutral zone a little bit better than, than the Calgary Flames were. Um, they were able to keep McDavid from winding up down below his blue line and skating in with speed as much as any team is humanly capable of. He still had his highlight reel goals, especially in game one, but uh, you just you can't stop him. You, you, McDavid and Drysaddle are otherworldly, McDavid especially. But um, the Kings, opportunistic, made some plays and, and brought him seven, and you saw their second line really come to the forefront. And I, I'm biased, but I think that's a different series if the Kings have Dowdy and Arvidsson, who are both out the entirety of the series. I mean, uh, when you lose a tight Game 7, sure. Absolutely. I wish it was a tight Game 7. The score showed only, what was it, 3 to nothing or 2 to, two to nothing. I don't remember if they got an empty net at the end. There, but there was The second one came in the third, though, right? Like it was still Yeah, like it was, it was McDavid doing his thing, yeah. going around Sean Dursey and Sean Dursey getting beat and making a rookie mistake of looking at the ref, and McDavid just didn't give up on the play. Uh, but the Kings weren't really in the game seven. Like I don't think I'd seen as comprehensive a defensive effort from the Edmonton Oilers in going on over two decades. I mean, sure. that's quite possibly the best defensive game I've ever seen. And everybody wanted to praise Mike Smith for his shutout. And quite frankly, that disgusted me. Uh, friends of the podcast or friends of me know that I'm not a big Mike Smith fan. We have friends of the podcast? Yeah. Danny Platner. <laughs> <laughs> Better than none. Um, but I don't think Smith had to do anything. There was no grade, grade A chances in the slot. There, there were no rebounds. Every shot was to his chest. And, and that's what I praised Edmonton for in that game seven was how comprehensive defensively they were. Um, and that's what really impressed me about that series. And then uh, not to overlook our last series, two good teams. 
St. Louis, Minnesota. Oh, uh, that's right. I mean, when I, right. I remember watching St. Louis, and Minnesota's good. Yeah. They have high-end scoring. Their their D-depth isn't bad. But to me, like it was like, okay, and I, and I guess we'll, we'll come back full circle to it in a minute, but St. Louis, they had the look again. I mean, they won the Cup in 2019, the last kind of regular season we had. Mm-hmm. And they had that look to me again. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly was on a tear, was playing as well as he always does. Uh, Tarasenko, who, what a a show for him this year, uh, who you didn't think he was going to be coming back to St. Louis before the year started. Everybody thought he was going to be sold and sold for pennies on the dollar, too, because he wanted out of St. Louis. I can recall the last podcast I did, right when free agency broke with Dan Rosen, we were talking about you can basically, like, anyone in the league could have had Tarasenko for really just taking on salary. Yeah. And he was even talking about the Blues retaining some of the salary just to get him off the books. And man, did he turn that around, which is great for the Blues organization going forward. And it was great for them going into the playoffs. Um, but that was a fun series. Yeah. Six games. Kiro Kaprizov went fun off. Series. Uh, that dude continued to play out of his mind. I'm sure Minnesota fans like what they saw from Boldy. Um, and then a couple of their other youngsters moving forward. Uh, you, know, you know I'm a big Boldy guy. Yeah, I know you are. President of the Boldy fan club. That's right. And, and also a member. Mm-hmm. Like the hair club for men guy from back in the day, <laughs> and then you know, and that and that's the thing. So let's talk about real quickly. We'll finish up the West here. I mean, Colorado outplayed St. Louis. Yeah, it got to six games because Colorado kind of lost a little bit of defensive intensity. But again, like I said, St. Louis had that look, and Colorado still skated them out of the barn, yeah. which should have been a five game series and ended up being a six game series. Yeah, uh, Colorado was just in another league. And they've kind of shown that through the entirety of the playoffs against all the opponents that they've gone against, uh, I think have been arguably definitively weaker than them. Um, Especially the goaltending on the other teams hasn't been, you know, the elite goaltending that you'll see on some of the other teams. Um, But yeah, Colorado just outclassed St. Louis and they did, St. Louis did what they could, brought it six, but Colorado was always going to be moving forward in that series, I think. And then the battle of Alberta, and the absolute dump trucking of points from Dreisaitl and McDavid that I haven't seen since Lemieux and Yager used to do that stuff in the early 90s. I mean, we were looking at the stats before uh, starting this podcast just so we could get our numbers right. And I'm saying, man, screw screw McDavid and Dreisaitl for messing up looking at the leaderboard stats. Because you go into the preview for a Stanley Cup Finals and you expect the guys at the top of the leaderboard to be the people in the final. And it's not even close. I mean, the next closest person on Tampa has 24 points or 23 points, and that's Kucherov. McDavid has how many? 33? And he's played how many less games? It's it's absurd. I mean, it's unreal what McDavid and Dreisaitl did. I mean, well, and you know Calgary's coach well. Yeah. yeah. He did not want to get into a scoring fest with that squad. That first game was unreal. The first game, <laughs> and it was like, okay, we want to. All right, we want to shoot out with him. Maybe we can shoot it out with Edmonton. And Edmonton said, "Nope, you're on. You, you don't have. You don't have the horses. We That's do." Exactly what Edmonton wanted. And then they got into their series with Colorado, and Colorado's like, "You're on. Yeah, like yeah. you want. You want to skate with us. You want to go up and down with us. Deal. Yeah." And yeah. Edmonton couldn't hang. Yeah, and I, I think that's when it came down to goaltending. And uh, you saw that Francois, a guy we've did seen his, in Tucson yeah, many times, yeah, did his job, uh, did what he needed to do, had a couple of weak moments, but was able to pull through more often than Mike Smith was. And in that high-octane run-and-gun game, those goalies were getting shelled night in and night out, and the one that was going to make the extra save was going to win that series. 
Um, it wasn't going to be Mike Smith. Mike Smith wasn't able to make the save at all. Uh, so you don't have to be so happy about that. I, I'm trying to keep the smile out of yeah. my voice. You don't, you, uh, don't, you don't have to. You're yeah. you're borderline giddy. Yeah, I am. That. I am. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm all right. Lie. Well, look, we we got a Cup final to talk about. It is Monday night, and your guess as to who's starting a net for the Colorado Avalanche is as good as mine. I think you you got to go with Kemper. I, I he's got so. a higher ceiling. You got to if. Now, there's things we don't know. He says he's 100%. What's odd is that both goaltenders have six wins. They've both done it. They've both done it. I mean, the Kemper's got the high. I mean, we've seen Kemper, especially here in Arizona. We've seen what top-level Kemper can do, and you got to hope that that guy, you at least give him the chance to be himself at that level first. Agreed. And both both goalies are going to get wins with this team. I mean, the, the Avs are doing something that, they haven't seen in the NHL since the uh, the 2012 Kings, which is they're going on two losses. Yeah, into, yeah. into the into twelve the and two. Yeah, they're twelve and two going into the Stanley Cup final, which is unheard of, um, and is as good a run as any we've seen. And one of those losses was just a game five choke job against St. Louis. Yeah. So uh, the goalies are going to get the get the wins when they're put in there because that team in front of them is just so darn good. Um, but I agree. I think Kemper's the guy to go if he's healthy. And like you said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Of course, they're going to tell the press that he's healthy. They're not going to give an inch to Tampa Bay, uh, even if it is just mind games. But Kemper's my guy. And I've always been a fan of Darcy Kemper. He did a great job in L.A. when he was here and uh, kind of turned his career around, went to Arizona and then eventually to Colorado. So. I- you know, in Arizona, I'm glad we had Kemper and Auntie Ranta at the same time because they Both and Freddie injured. Anderson are on the Mount Rushmore of the when healthy, comma, goaltending <laughs> elite level of the NHL. Yeah. yeah. When healthy, they're as good as anybody, but it doesn't happen often enough. And then again, the champs, Braden Point, allegedly he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. According to Michael Keaton, looked like John Cooper, he's ready to go. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I've seen different uh, reports on whether he'll play or not. Um, he's going to be back in the in the series at some point. That's all I can say. He's going to hundred percent play at some point in this series, and hopefully for the rest of it when he comes back. Um, but that's more than what we can say for the Colorado second line center Nazem Kadri. So you're looking at these parallels between these two series, and you've got Braden Point who's been out, and you've got Nazem Kadri who's been out, and you're hoping that or Tampa's hoping at least that points ready to go and to create that mismatch on, on the center matchups. So, and when, you know, X factor is a buzzword, I guess we'll use it here. The kids for Colorado stepping up. Kadri, Gerard go out. Yeah. And so it's next man up. It's new hook. Mm-hmm. It's Byram. It's some of the other depth guys on Colorado, but really new hook. The one for me is okay. This is a young kid with a ton of talent. Can you realize it? on the biggest stage when you need it the most. See, I'll go with the other one. I think Byram's the one for me because he's been coming back. He's been battling these concussion injuries for the entire year. And there were questions whether he was going to play at all this year. And here he comes and is playing huge minutes. And not only is he playing the huge minutes, he's impressing in those minutes. He's getting on the board. He's making solid passes, first outlet passes. His skating's phenomenal. I mean, that's what the book was on him when he came into the league or when he got drafted by Colorado. But you really see it, and you step up for a veteran defenseman in Gerard who goes down. And I've been really, really, really impressed with Byram. Well, there's a boxing term, styles make fights. So, you know, Byram with his pure speed, I felt like was really effective in the Edmonton series. But it's a whole other animal now. Can you defend the champs in zone 
with the size that the bottom six brings and then the skill and precision that the top six bring. Yeah. And I, I think Byram has it in him, and it's not just because of his size. I mean, he's not the biggest defenseman out there, but he's got snarl, and you'll see it in his game. He's got a little bit of bite and a little bit of attitude. He's not going to take crap in front of the net. He might give a little bit of a whack or a little bit of a cheap shot, but that stuff's going to be let go in the finals. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles those big guys, but he's got the attitude to deal with them, and I, I think he's got the ability to. So. You still don't go top five in the draft by accident. No. I mean, even Zach Bogosian, who wants to top five, <laughs> pretty much kind of by accident. He's st- hey, he might get ring number two it, in this it series. Was, it was he either, might score a game-winning cup goal in this It series. was either Drew Doughty or Zach Bogosian at number two in that Steven Stamkos draft. And man, am I glad the Kings picked Doughty. What, 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 a, what a conversion <laughs> moment that yeah, is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the as, as a quick that. aside. So that's kind of the tail end. And it seems like maybe where the thought process on defensemen was finally changed enough by Nicholas Lidstrom. Because Dowdy was smaller, but a better skater. Bogosian was already 6'4". Massive human being. Jackhammer shot. Absolute physical monster. Yeah. Skates like the wind, but not a real skilled east-west and operator. Not a high hockey IQ. That's the term that I was going to hit. The hockey IQ on Drew Dowdy over Zach Bogosian was off the charts. And then you don't you take in the intangibles, the competitiveness, the will to win, his the, the pedigree that Dowdy had going up to the draft. But anyway. Back to the finals. No, so these things we don't know. It's Monday night, and we're not sure. All right, so before we get into our actual predictions here, we've said this in the last couple of podcasts we did for the Stanley Cup. Whose legacy is most on the line here? I think this is an interesting question, too, because it would seem like, well, Colorado's got to get over the hump, right? But Tampa Bay, now you're starting to see the – this is the immortality talk. This is three in a row post – Expansion six era, which has only been done once. It was the Islanders when they went four in a row in the early 80s. I have my Tampa Bay answer very easily. I, I want to see what yours is. Before no, I no, no. Mine. This is an overall answer. You don't you don't get a per team answer for legacy. Oh, either way then. I mean, this one trumps. You can give me a list, but who's number one on whose legacy? I'm, I'm curious to see if I surprise you. Corey Perry. Oh, <laughs> and, Corey and Perry. I hate Corey Perry, but get, get this stat. Get this stat. He has been on the last three teams that have lost the Stanley Cup. Yeah, finals. Marion Hosa kind of already <laughs> did that, and then got his. So cup. this will be three cups in a row where either uh, Corey Perry win or loses to the team, or uh, oh, there was another half to that stat, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I mean, you got to imagine he's this been the, chasing this. This cup. is the Corey Perry karma rank. This, this is. But he's <laughs> got one. He won one in 07. Uh, oh, he, he was a rookie with he the Ducks. Did anything. He played. <laughs> I know he played. He didn't play. And trust me, I hate. He's got a. He's got a Corey. ring. I hate Corey Perry almost as much Corey as I hate Perry Mike Smith. Has a ring, a heart trophy, and a gold medal. Nah, I, I, I think Corey Perry at the beginning of his career is different than Corey Perry now. Um, I don't really think there's too much else other than that. Only I mean, because burner phones came along in the mid 2010s. <laughs> um, no, I can't really think of anyone too much on uh, Colorado's side. I mean, they're each they're all over there trying to get their first. Or, you know, all the important guys are there trying to get their first ones. McKinnon has to set his legacy. He's trying to fight off McDavid as one of the best players in the league. Now, McDavid, I think, has a leg up on him. But it's always been, all right, the second best player in the league is McKinnon. And then Dreisaitl, then others, then Austin Matthews. But it's been McDavid and McKinnon in a, in a row. And if McKinnon wins this one, he's got something McDavid doesn't have. Um, Landis Cog, Landis Cog, as a captain, trying to solidify his leadership. 
and his importance to the team, especially coming off of his new contract. Um, he's trying to prove something. Uh, Makar has his legacy just starting as quite possibly the best defenseman I've watched play hockey in the past two and a half decades. The most physical skating defenseman that I can it's remember no- in my lifetime since... Oh boy, I think your old salts would probably say Bobby Orr or maybe the way Paul Coffey skated in the 80s, but probably since Bobby Orr when it was so revolutionary and such an eye-popping difference between him and everybody else who's doing I don't think I've ever seen a skating, a skating defenseman like him. The, his, excuse me, his ability to take over a game, I've seen in different defensemen. I've seen it in Drew Doughty for a bit. You see it in Victor Hedman the past three, four years, their ability to take over a game, but the way he does it. His skating is impeccable, almost to the level that McDavid's skating is impeccable. He gets the puck on his stick, and he's gone. There's no one that can catch him. They're, I mean, they're like the Michael Jordan and LeBron James of skating in that. In a league of supreme athletes, they are supreme of the supreme oh, yeah. and in a noticeable yeah. way that yeah. they're on another level. Yeah. And, Mc, you know, McKinnon ain't far either. I, I think you could probably throw him in that boat. Mm-hmm. So I'll go a little bit different. For me – I. Only because I think Colorado's still going to have their time. Like, if you told me Colorado lost this one, learned their lumps, or took their lumps, learned their lessons, and won four out of the next six, mm-hmm. I'd be like, sure. Will Tampa win four out of the next six? I think that's a much tougher bet. But I think for Tampa, right now, they you know, they were the third seed. They were kind of – people yeah. were picking Florida and Carolina mm-hmm. were kind of trendy. Yeah. New York had Shesterkin. Yeah. So this is the one where they've been counted out. Points been hurt. They've – they lost their bottom six from their cup runs of the last two years. So you're saying Tampa as a team has so, their no, legacy. I'm, I'm going to say it's a tie between Hedman and Kucherov because Hedman with his third ring in a row says, no one's done this since Mike Bossy and Dennis Potvin. That's kind of the duo that you talk about when you talk about that Islanders team. And if you're Kucherov, like, hey, who's the Russian who scored the most points in a season? Me. How many cups do I got? Three. Ovi scores a ton of goals. Great. I got the rings. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think for them, those two vault themselves. Hedman basically says, hey, I'm Nick Lidstrom now. Remember how Nick Lidstrom was talked about, like the best ever of his era? How about you throw that on me now that I got three? And Kucherov saying, hey, best Russian player ever. Everyone says it's Ovi. What about me? So I think they have, they have legitimate stakes to that claim if they go three I, in a row. I would add Vasilevsky to that. He's, uh, but he's, he's, yeah, you're right. But he's I still mean, got more time coming too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he's, he's going to start he's stacking like 20, 27, 28. Yeah, he's I there's going to be a year real. when they're hurt and he drags in the playoffs and he's going to get a heart. Like, yeah. I think the last goalie to win the heart, I want to say was Price, wasn't it? It was. I don't when Pr- Price won it in like 05 or something like that. Was it that long ago? I, I can't. Re- I can't remember if he actually won it, but I know he was he's in won, it. He's won a heart, I think. And then. Jose Theodore won it like in the early 2000s. And then Hashik won three hearts. I didn't realize he won. Yeah, Hashik won six Vezinas and three hearts. That's unreal. Well, it's at least two. We're going to look it up right now. So I'll I'll continue to talk so I can fill this in. But no, so Vasilevsky, I mean, he just went toe to toe. Way later. With Price Price won it in 14-15. Or Price won it in 14-15, which was, yeah, his best year. And then I think before that it was... Jose Theodore, who yeah, won it. you're probably right. I remember that. and then But then it was Hashik, because yeah. Hashik is the greatest ever to do it. Well, you're a Buffalo time. fan, so you're... No, that's objectively <laughs> correct. That's, that's like, Marty Broder might have something no, to say. Patrick no. Ball might have something Hoshik to say. Hashik being the best goalie ever is like A squared plus B squared equals C squared. It's an objective fact. All right. All anyway, right. 
So that's where I go in terms of dynasty and legacy. I mean, I think Colorado, they're going to they're gonna be knocking on the door for a long time, unless the cap gets them. But even so, they're, they're positioned pretty well, I don't even know. with the depth they have. They, they are, but they aren't. I mean, they've got to find some goaltending next year, probably. Yeah, and they've got one more year of quite possibly the best contract in hockey with McKinnon being 6.3. Actually, that's something I asked Dan Rosen, and he said that I, he, he chided me for even bringing it up, even though I said Braden Points was close. But he well, said he, he McKinnon said, was the best contract in hockey, and he said it wasn't close. Yeah, hence, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but he's got one more year, I think, and then they've got to re-sign him. So does he take a hometown discount? And even with a hometown discount, he's hitting he's eight figures. Get, yeah, he's got to get he, 10 he's, million. Yeah, he's hitting eight figures. So they've got a huge boost there. They're going to lose Nachushkin. They're going to lose Kadri this year. Uh, their their team's going to change a lot. I love how Braden Point and Nathan McKinnon just make a little bit more money than Rasmus Ristolainen. Like <laughs> just a little bit, a negligible <laughs> amount of money more than Rasmus Ristolainen. You mean Rasmus Ristolainen, who was traded for the number nine pick? I believe it was fifteen. Oh, was it fifteen? All right, yeah, the fifteenth overall pick. Oh, I still, what, a, what, I, a, what a trade! Boy, I still can't. Anyway, Philly fans still uh, still defend that. I'm just going to do a solo pod one day on that and just put all my thoughts on. And you don't have to listen to that one. I'll give I'll give everyone a disclaimer. Nobody listens to us anyway. It's yeah, fine. that'll just be one that just sits <laughs> on the archives. And like, if someone actually listens to it by accident, they'll be like, "Coach Ryan's a straight up psychopath." <laughs> if, well, they, our kids know that already. Yeah. Well, they, it's just the difference is our kids won't be able to listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be put on some platform. You, you got to show your age to get on. All right. Anyway, so let's do another activity here. So as of right now, so everyone in their current state of health, if you clear out both rosters and you're taking Colorado and I'm taking Tampa and we start a fantasy draft right now, who are you taking saying, I believe this is the best player in the series and I'm going to take him first in the fantasy? McCarr. All right. And I'm, pro- I'm going to take Vasilevsky. Uh, then I take McKinnon. I'm taking Kucherov. I take Stamkos to go alongside McKinnon. I'm a big fan of Miko Rantanen. I think he's finally yeah. starting to turn it on. Uh, Even I, over Hedman. Yeah, then uh, that's the next one. I'd take Hedman next in my, in my blue line set with and Picard and Hedman. That's right. No, no, no. And I'm with you. No, I mean, so then you get one more. I, I get one more? Yeah. I, I'm still going to take – I'm going to believe that – I'm going to believe in Darth, Darcy Kemp. Well, no, I'm going to believe in Braden Point's health. I mean, you got Darcy okay. Kemp because I took Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to believe in Point's health and go with Braden Point. Yeah. So I got McKinnon. Who do I got? I got. I had McCarr, McKinnon, uh, Hedman, Hedman. I got, and uh, I think those were my three. And and I got, I got Vasilevsky, yeah. Kucherov, yeah, and Point and Rantman. No, and I had Stamkos. And yeah. you had Point and Rantman. Point and Rantman. So I had Stamkos, McKinnon, McCarr, and. Uh, so even so, <laughs> even if you. For as much as you talk about Colorado's roster, even if you dump them out, like we just made eight picks, and I think you have four and four. Yeah. So this is, I mean, yeah. granted, Braden, Braden Point's got to be healthy, but still, mm-hmm. this is going to be a big-time series. All right. Now, let's do one more thing before we make our predictions. Well, let me let me go back on that really quick and say and just say that the, that's the difference between this you year. You want to change your pick to Zach Bogosian instead of <laughs> But yeah, I'm taking him at number one instead of number three. Uh, no, the difference between this year and last year or the year before previously is what you said. We picked four and four players from each side. Last two years, it didn't last, go that way. Last year, you've got Tampa and Montreal. You might be, is there a be, single player? You might be a dozen deep before you pick a Canadian. I guess the, the only one, the only one would be Carey Price. Is the only one I would have picked before any of seven or eight other 
other Montreal or Toronto people, right? And then before that, you had Tampa and Dallas. And even Dallas in, in their time, two years ago, Tyler Sagan, or two years ago, Jamie Benn, or, or two years ago, Anton Hudobin. Is there anyone, anyone? I mean, at least with Montreal, you have Carey Price. But is there a single person you would have picked in that Dallas team over eight Tampa Bay players? No. And that's why the finals went the way they did. Yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. That's that's the difference between this year's playoffs or this year's final and the previous ones. That's why I'm more excited for this year's final than any that have happened in the past three years. You, I mean, this is this is this is the heavyweights. This is Bill's Chiefs in the divisional round. Like mm-hmm. this is the heavyweights of heavyweights mm-hmm. finally squared off and showing yeah. down. Showing yeah. this uh, is a showdown. All right. You know what? Let's do our predictions first for just who's going to win. And then we'll do another exercise I thought of. Okay. So, because I think we might diverge. I'll let you go first. I think Tampa wins. All right. How many games? I think I think it goes the full seven. All right. I'm going to pick Colorado in six. Okay. Much like you, I do not – you get to game seven, you got to deal with game seven Vasilevsky. Yeah. But I think this is kind of like I alluded to earlier that I thought St. Louis had the look again, and they got skated out of the barn by Colorado. The champs are the champs. I'm not going to say they're tired. I'm not going to say they're done. I'm just saying that I just think Colorado plays a game now that really no one in the league can handle. Now, they haven't had the pressure, but again, they've just gotten through three rounds being 12-2. and they're going to come out blazing at home. They're going to come skating hard. And I think they're, I think just the depth of Tampa is not going to be able to handle the speed and the depth that Colorado has. I think the depth mismatch for the, for the two teams at forward goes to the way of Colorado. I don't think it goes the way of Colorado for defense or goaltending. I just think that Jan Ruda and Zach Bogosian having to try and defend this team <laughs> over the course of a series is bad for business for the champs. Yeah. Not, not, I, I hear not, you. not to say that those guys aren't. It's just, but they it, just they're just not equipped to handle that. That's, that's the same as saying that Jack M.F. Johnson has to, has to defend. Coach Ruben's favorite player. <laughs> has to defend, uh, you know. Uh, Kucherov and, and Point, hopefully, and, and Stamkos. So I think the top four on defense for Tampa is better than the top four on defense for for uh, for the Abs. So and well, and, and I'm going to say this too. I believe in Darcy Kemper. I believe he's healthy. I believe he's now got a chip on his shoulder. For people even saying that Franco's should be the guy, I like. Is again, we don't know his health, but boy, there's nothing better than a good than a motivated goaltender who can really get to that elite level. And I, I, I want to say Kemper gets there, and he evens up the goalie matchup enough to where Colorado's I, other advantages give them the cup. I hope that's the case. I'm a big fan of Darcy Kemper, and I, I kind of disagreed with you earlier when you said when healthy, comma he's as good. I don't think he's as good as any. I don't think he's as good as Vasilevsky at any in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I'll, right? give, I'll give you that. Vasilevsky <laughs> might have created I, his own tier. Th- there is a tier and a half. He, he might there. be the only one on it. Like that, he might that, be the only one on it. I just, I just don't think he's and, the apex. He's the zenith. I hope that I'm wrong. Like I, I want personally, I want Colorado. I want to see a new winner. I'd love to see McKinnon and Landis Gog players. I really enjoy watching win the cup. 
And I would love to see Corey Perry lose another cup. I, I, great. Right. I just, uh, I think Vasilevsky's in a league of his own. And I think when all comes down to it, whether you get a run and gun game or whether you get a shutdown game, both of those lean the way of Tampa Bay, in my opinion, when you need the one save. Uh, you saw it kind of in the Edmonton series. It, even even though it was a sweep, there were two or three of the games where Colorado let in six goals yeah. and were able to win it. They go on vacation a little bit. Right? Indeed. They're a young and, team. And, and that's, that's the thing. They get themselves into trouble sometimes. Yeah, there are times when Colorado dominates in a way I haven't seen in a long time. But then there are times where all of a sudden it's a different team. And they're hemmed in their own zone, and they're there for minute after minute after minute. You get two or three shifts that are putting in a good cycle against them, and then it's in the back of their net, right? Whether that was McDavid or Drysaddle or whatever, the skill on Tampa's there to put the puck in the back of the net. And I'm worried that if Colorado wants to try to run and gun it, uh, Tampa can do that. And they've got the goalie to stop that, or to stop, uh, to make that big save. All right. So... Who's your Conn Smythe winner? Oh, that's a good question. I want to say Stamkos. I really do. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, Kucherov hasn't won it yet. Um, do they go back to back to to Vasilevsky? I don't think so. He certainly earned it. Vasilevsky has. If they win. I, sure. I got to think he's the reason why. Um, I don't know because I think it's going to be. Maybe a high they'll score. give it to Kucherov. I, I think they'll give it to Kucherov okay. or Stamkos. I think your best if you're if you're a betting person, you're putting money on it. I think your best bet's going to be on Stamkos because he's been getting a lot of press with how his play has gone. You look at pure points and Kucherov's got him by like six or seven, but there's been a lot of talk about how Stamkos has played, especially in the absence of point um, that I wouldn't be surprised if he got it. I'll, my, my final guess will be Kucherov though, just to go with the odds. Um, Cause I think this is going to be a high scoring series. I think Vasilevsky will come up big in, in two, two games, but the other ones, I think it's going to be a shootout and, uh, if that's the case, if he lets in three or four goals more than twice, I think the I think that'll be enough to knock him off of the pedestal of Conn Smythe. I don't think it'll be enough to knock them out of winning the cup, but I think the the Conn Smythe will go to Kucherov in that. Yeah, I thought two years ago it should have went to Vasilevsky when it went mm-hmm. to Hedman. Agreed, because Hedman was the talk so much, like you're talking about now. Stamp I think I had said team. Hedman at that point. Yeah, but I agreed. The talk was Hedman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and last year I think everyone finally realized like. All right, this guy's really good. I think yeah. we gave him a discount last year because the team was so good. Yeah, but they but they recognized what he did, especially in that Islander series. Yeah, yeah. And, so, he, and he definitely deserved it last year. So I think there's a lot of talk on Stamkos. So if a I'm a betting person, if I'm putting money somewhere, I'm putting money on Stamkos. But my gut tells me Kucherov's with it. Um, and I, since I picked Colorado, I'm going to say Kale McCarr, just because I think yeah. when when you're going to watch these games as someone who votes. And he's still going to pop out of the screen at you, just like he's done all four, all, all three rounds to this point. Elimination game against Edmonton. Just Colorado puts up six goals. He has his hand in five of them. Yeah. I mean, unreal. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how good his defensive game's been. I think a couple of those games where he's put up four or five points, he's still been like a minus two or minus three. But it doesn't matter if you're putting up four or five points and the rest of your team's doing well, too. Yeah. But, well, and Edmonton's going to get theirs. You yeah. Know, that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. he's, He was playing against those yeah. guys a lot. Yeah. Like David and Drysdale, they're going to get theirs. And you know that was the thing is they got theirs when there was a there was some cushion in the series. Not yeah. to say that that makes it excusable, but yeah. Also, Kale McCarr does the best thing you can do as a defenseman, which is carry the puck two hundred feet from yeah, your net. Keep keep the puck away from your net. All right. So before we break here, we're about the forty minute mark. 
the thermostat in my house is rising because I had to turn off the AC for this one. But let's do one more thing. All right, since you have Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. put on your kind of mid-career Batman Michael Keaton face and be John Cooper and give the Tampa Bay Lightning your game one speech. Oh, boy. Put on, put on, your, put on your Herb Brooks pants. Give them that game one speech. Now, it doesn't have to be like your emotional no. plea. Just yeah, tell yeah, them what they need no, to do. I, you I, can I, make them more X's and O's if you want. No, I'll give it to them. No, my, my game one speech to, to Tampa, if I'm John Cooper, it, it ain't going to be the, the yelling and table flipping and stuff like that. Because your guy's been there, done that. That's, and that's, that's, that's my point. You've been there, I, you've I, done I, this. Let them I, have I, the butterflies. So I, I handle business. Yeah, I walk into that locker room. I say, all right, boys, here's your starting lineup. Go get it. You know how to do this. And I walk out. I let them deal with the pump up and stuff like that on their own. They know how to do it. They've been there. I make it short. I make it sweet. And I say, all right, it's your time. And I walk. That's how I, that's how I would do it. It's pretty good. What about you? All right, I'll take the abs then. So I'm going to go in. This is going to be a little bit more in depth, I'd imagine. This is going to go in and say, you are the best team in the NHL. Tactically, I'm going to tell you one thing. Stay out of the penalty box. They can't handle our smoke five on five for seven games. They probably can't even handle it for five. Don't let them win the special teams battle and make us chase them in that way. And then to quote the coach from Remember the Titans, we're going to skate all night and let them remember forever the time that they thought they could skate with us for a series. Because it's our time now. And that's what I would tell them. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. Definitely more emotional for for that one. Uh, I would agree that that would be the way to go into it as a coach. I think get them, I, get them emotionally I, amped, yeah, and then pump their confidence, <laughs> pump their tires, and then get them going. And what a, what a great line! You blitz all night, and that's what <laughs> you skate all night. Yeah, yeah. We play five on five, and we're gonna skate them out of the building like we yeah. did St. Louis. Yeah. All right, we just hit the 42-minute mark. I think we've covered all we need to. For the first time, we're split. There's actual juice on the line here now. Coach Dan's got Tampa and going the distance with Stammer as your Con Smythe winner. I have the Avs in six, not letting Vasilevsky shut them out in game seven. And I'll take Kale McCarr as the Con Smythe winner. All right. Again, a tradition unlike any other, just like the Masters. The one that nobody asked for. Requested by exactly (laughs) zero humans. This is your 2022 Stanley Cup preview episode. Coach Dan Lusher was my guest. And as always, we are brought to you by Altitude Home Loans, and they are an equal housing lender. We will see you next time on the Tucson Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.